If you're interested in enhancing your leadership and work-life harmony, evolving your life professionally and personally, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the You Evolving Now podcast with Andre Young. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the You Evolving Now podcast. I'm Andre Young. I hope you've had an amazing day so far, and we look forward to making it a bit better with our special guest, John McDonald. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much, Andre. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for that great intro and the great welcome you've given me. Thank you. Well, it's such an honor to have you. I always like to share a little bit about how we know each other, and it's been such a whirlwind of positivity, I hope, I know for you, for me, and hopefully for you guys listening, but I got to meet John via Zoom back in October, and John, you can hear the accent, and you'll hear it, is from Scotland, but living in London, and is such an awesome, awesome leader and founder of Always Choose, and the name itself stood out so much for me that we're going to talk about today about not only what he does, but the impact that he makes for C-suite and executives professionals. So you guys in that category here today or are looking to be promoted into that category, starting your own business, we're going to be talking about powerful things that help to enhance not only your leadership and work-life harmony, but also that of those that you are leading. So John, without further ado, let's start with the name, Always Choose. So can you tell us how you picked that name, what it means for you, and what your business is? Absolutely. So the name Always Choose is all about choice. And it's the choices we make in life as individuals, but more importantly here as leaders. What choices are you making? And are you really conscious of the choices that have got you to this point in your life? What I think happens for many people is we go into schooling and education and college and university and we get our first job. And then we suddenly we roll with it and we can look back and go, how do I actually get here? What choices did I consciously make that got me to this point today? And the choices that you've made have brought you here. The choices you make today are going to take you to wherever you are in the future. And so it's all about being really conscious about what you stand for, why you're here, how are you leading, and what way, why do you want to lead that way? What do you want to create? And then stepping into the being of that choice. Wow. Very consciously and with presence and with power and with heart. I love so much of what you're saying, John. Always choose is such a powerful statement because as you're speaking and you guys listening, maybe you're remembering a time, because I am, of when I was letting things happen to me. Now, fortunately, back then, as a young man, they were all seemingly good things. Like you mentioned, you were in school. I graduated school. You meet someone, you get married, you do all of the things you feel like you're supposed to do. And because they're seemingly positive or the rest of your world and friends say, hey, good for you, but you're empty inside. And I was empty, which then ultimately led to me getting divorced. And I was such a poor leader of my own life. But because I had the job, the car, and all of those different things, and then that goes into business. As an entrepreneur, you're starting a business. You throw things at the wall to see what sticks. And the thing that gives you your first money, you say, I'm going to do that. But if that's not your passion, you're empty. It just needs your money. And you're a leader. You walk into an organization. You get promoted. So many people accept the promotion because they don't know how to say no. 
why would I say no to more success, to a title, to a raise, to security? How can I go home and tell my significant other I said no to that? So now our action or our inaction is still a choice. So with always choose, you have people come to you, you have C-suite, you have executives, you have companies come to you and say, we're interested in what you do. What are some of the top one or two reasons why people come to you? And you guys listening, this may resonate with you. So why do people come to you? So I would say there's two different reasons. One is people that have been successful already. They've made their money, they've got their nice car, their house, their affluent, and they've got to a point where they've, they've got this niggle or this sense inside them that this isn't doing it for me anymore. I'm just not happy. I'm not fulfilled. This isn't as meaningful as, as I need my life to be. Why they start questioning why they're here, why they're doing what they're doing, and what is the rest of their life going to bring for them? And they know it can't be the same as it has been before. So perhaps if we work together, we perhaps help them reinvent themselves with much more purpose. And with that comes passion and comes energy. And they revitalize themselves with a new way of running their business or their or, or leading in their in their corporate. Or perhaps they set up something on the side totally different and non-for-profit, which is really personally meaningful mm. for me. And we work through how to create that. The other type of person is actually somebody who's stepping up into a bigger role. And this is a great point because they're looking at a transition point in their career. And it's a really powerful transition point, but also one that's really quite challenging to be successful in because you may be in a new company, more responsibility, bigger team or company to run. And you don't quite know how to do it. And so... I've been in the corporate sector for 25 years. I was the executive director of a FTSE 100 size business. So I know how to lead and run big teams. I've seen a thousand C-suite leaders do well or badly so I can help people make that transition really wow. powerfully. But at the same time, then go, well, actually, why are you doing this? Why did you choose this job? Right. What do you want to be in the next four years in this? And this role you've taken on, do you really know? And most people don't know. And that, and that insight can just go, Wow, I can wow. do something with the here. I can help uplift the being of this of the employees. I can do something with the environment on the side. I can actually make the customers more happy or more joyful or more satisfied by doing this. But well, I love what you're you're mentioning because those top two reasons, it is it's scary and it can be very depressing when you've achieved materialistically and title-wise everything that you've been working for, and then all of a sudden look around and yeah. You're empty or lonely and, and not fulfilled. The other reason that you mentioned is the step up process. You know, so the promotion, how do we handle the promotion we also wanted? So you guys listening, this is you. Please contact John. And it made me think of how poorly sometimes leaders and executives take care of other leaders and executives. Mm. And also this myth that so many more frontline employees carry with them all the time is that leaders should know it all. You should be okay. How can you complain about anything? You make more money than me, but they also have 200 plus more emails a day and they have all of these different things and our leaders can burn out just like our frontline people. So one of the biggest things that I'm hearing you say is that organizations need to be more mindful about their leaders and their leadership. How are we best caring for them? And then also how do we get them out and over the hurdle of the job they used to do to now the job they need to do. So can I ask you for some tips? 
I'm not, you don't have to give away all your information here, okay? But if you're one of those people, you have a listener right now that says, I have the money, I have the title, I have the quote unquote power and leadership. However, I'm not fulfilled, may even be miserable, okay? What is the number one or two pieces of advice? Now, I know it can be more specific. You need more information about this person, but the one or two general pieces of advice you would give this individual. I would say very clearly, I would say, be really kind to yourself in this stage of your life because this happens to lots and lots of people, in particular men, but it happens across both men and women. But this is a common stage of life that many people get to, and no one talks about this. And that is one of the hardest things to come to. It can feel like a very lonely stage of, of life and you can be in your company going, I just don't feel this anymore, but I can't talk about this because it may come across like a weakness. Mm-hmm. So let's acknowledge that actually this is something that many people go through. It's not something to be scared about if you have the right support. And actually, a second piece of advice I would have is this is a springboard into something really fantastic. If you create space for it and allow this process to happen, this stage of your life to happen, Use that as a, as a, a beautiful launching pad into, into the second half of, of your career, which can be so powerful and fulfilling. And don't be afraid to let go of the past, let go of what you have achieved. I love it. Looking at it as an opportunity, the fact that we are unfulfilled, and I'll even take it from a personal standpoint, the fact that you can be unfulfilled at your job, you may also feel that way in your relationship. It's a normal thing. And Absolutely. there's some bully words out there, okay? And one of the bully words I talk about is happy. Mm-hmm. And most people, let me prep, most people want to be happy. However, who the heck gets to be happy all the time, <laughs> professionally or personally? So when you're not happy and fulfilled, you're saying be kind to yourself. And this could be a springboard of opportunity because why am I not happy? What is it that I need? And I would caution you guys audience-wise. We can delve in, springboard, and fall flat on our face of what everyone else needs to change, what your company needs to change, what your employees need to change, your employer, your husband, your wife. No, it's us. What do you need to do differently so you can get different? The person who wants more or different has to be the person willing to do more or different. So with that said, you mentioned being kind to yourself. And I know you know what you need. And everyone else may have their own definition of it. But we say be kind to ourselves. And some people don't know what that means. They don't know how to do it. Or we're so busy being busy. We haven't been kind or had fun in so long. We don't know what to do. So what are some things that you like to do to be kind for yourself or you have seen your clientele do that's really made an impact? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that question because it's easy to say words like be kind, but yeah, in practice, what can someone go and do, right? So first of all, I would say create some space for yourself. We're busy people. We have a family life to look after, our business life, and, and carve out a little bit of space within there. It could just be an hour, a couple of hours to go away by yourself and just sit and be and allow yourself to acknowledge where you are. So choose to create these I'd call it structures around about yourself where you can drop into the simply being and feeling and, and acknowledging where you are. Mm. And that's a great first step, carving the space to do that. And not try and hide it or deny your feeling how you're feeling. Just acknowledge it and really, really own that. And something also is in those moments where you can do that, you can quite often beat yourself up by saying we shouldn't feel like this or I'm worried about the consequences of making change. 
And that's just a thought loop that always happens to everybody, right? So it's just simply acknowledging that thought loop that can happen, that voice in our head that can tell us that this is normal or something like that. Again, it's just acknowledging that those thoughts and going, actually, it's okay. We're creating space for myself. Or I'm choosing to create space for myself. Yeah. And then I'm going to go and acknowledge where I'm at. I was just speaking in Utah to an organization, and we were talking about nursing yourself through transition and change. And it's so important, like you're mentioning, to make that time and take that time for yourself. Because I don't know many employers, partners, your kids, to say, hey, you know, you look really burnt out and frustrated. Why don't you take some time for you? Yeah. <laughs> That's not well, typically. You don't do it, right? Quite often right. you have that invitation. You still don't do it, right? Right. It's not typically how it works. And you even have days and time scheduled within your work calendar to do so, whether it's personal days and we won't take them or we'll take them and fill them up in different ways. So be kind to yourself. Taking that time, as John has mentioned, for you, you listening, take some time and make some time for you to sit, to be still, to be present. Now, I like doing that with a drink in this hand and a cigar in the other. And it is the best hour of sitting for me because I'm not going to pop back up. Yeah. Because I had an idea, I'm not going to go out and run with it right away. And it forces me to sit down. So I can sit down and have the best power hour with myself or someone else. And it soothes me. So something about that cigar hitting my hand parks me. Yeah. And that, that's a, it's a good parking to have. So whatever it is for you, please take heed to what John has mentioned. Make some time and take some time for yourself. Because typically, the world is not just going to come and give it to you. And you keep going the way you're going, something will slow you down due to stress, injury, heart attack, or, you know, something. So slow down. Life has a habit of catching up with you and showing you what you need to know. It will conspire against you. If it's time in your life to make the change, which is substantial in this thing, like we're talking about, find no meaning. Life will keep showing you in some way that what you're doing now isn't right for you anymore. It may come to your health. Mm-hmm. You know, things are happening to you that are kind of just showing you this is not right anymore so it's like in that space where you can just relax and start to nourish yourself just look at the things that really energize you and just do more of them and look at the things that take away your your energy and start to eliminate them you can go through a kind of a process of optimizing the things that feed you make you feel really alive then from having a place of being more you know having more vitality more space and more vitality you can start to choose really consciously in your mind that, you know what, I chose this life right here, right now. I'm personally responsible for all of this. And from that place of personal responsibility, you can start to choose your future in a much more proactive and um, proactive way where you're saying, this is me, it's my life. Like you're saying, it's no one else's life. It's my life. What, who do I want to be? How am I going to create this and be this in the world? And you mentioned something for, I think, think maybe the second or third time. And this is a nugget that I hope that you guys have heard and have picked up, jotted down in your notes if you're taking them. And it's revolving around the fact that it doesn't have to be either or. And you mentioned a few minutes ago that maybe they start a nonprofit. Maybe they do this over here. We don't have to give up what brought you your initial success. Now, maybe if that's not for you anymore, so be it. But you don't have to give it up. Maybe it's creating something else. And I learned that on accident in an impromptu conversation after a training at an organization. And I was speaking with this woman, and she said that she had 
her own business, a side hustle, a side job, where she was taking pictures and uh, photography for weddings and things like this. And I said, very naively, oh, is that what you want to do for a living? Is that the dream? And she said, no, I love them both. And I like doing them both. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, just like you're mentioning. It doesn't have to be either or. Mm-hmm. And sometimes one bucket fills the other or it can get you over that empty hump while you're in it for a little while because you do have something you're passionate about over here and it's okay. That's great. I love that. I love, I love how you've done that. It's a really important point. I think what tends to happen is let's just say we're a teacher, right, to make it real. And we are we're passionate about teaching and we go through our life teaching perhaps children, perhaps move to a, uni- to a college or university. And then we get to a point where it's not meaningful anymore. The fact that we're teachers, perhaps the thing that we should be doing is just in a bigger setting or in a more yeah. impactful way as we go through our life. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a complete change in career where everything has to stop if you see any other hour. It could be an and and a build on what you're doing. You're just doing it a different way. And what I tend to find is it becomes much more about being present in what you're doing, being really present, developing the and cultivating your awareness and attention of what's happening. How skillfully are you having the conversations with your employees or your customers? Mm-hmm. How, how well are you really listening to somebody and taking them in? It's like you deepen your way of being in the work that you're doing now or the thing that you build out on the side, as much as it is creating something external in the world. It's a different measure of happiness, so to speak. And like you say, happiness comes and goes. You can't be happy without being sad. It's, you know, the world works in polarities, right? And that's how we experience life. And so this is almost deepening it's like a depth of presence of being in, in life, as opposed to simply doing. Well, let me ask, this is our final question of the day. And it's right in line. John, with what you just talked about. And I want to stay with the aura of positivity. I asked a question to my social media world and those that follow me and whatever way you follow me a few months ago. And it was your most proud professional moment or experience. So with all of the help that you get to do helping C-suite and executives and organizations around the world, what stands out for you as a proud moment professionally that you won't forget that you'll never forget this impacts you yeah i remember once and it's a small example but for me it was really meaningful because like you can see the ripple effect of this across a much bigger dimension i remember teaching my function about trust and about appreciation and we spent a year working through some simple exercises to really bring us together and just and become learn to be a team much more like a family and the employee engagement went sky high. The output of the function went sky high. It was incredible. There was one guy in there who was always saying, no, I'm not in for this. I'm not interested. Not interested. And again and again, and I was respecting his opinion, but he was just not in for it. Came to a point half a year later when suddenly he puts his hand up and says, I'm going to share something with the whole team, John. Fantastic. I'm like, what's he going to say here? I don't know. Slightly nervous. But he said, you know what? I went home last night, went in, super tired, burnt out from work. My young boy came up, he was six years old, and he said he wanted me, he wanted my attention. And normally I would shout at him because I was so tired. And in that moment, I actually thought, no, I'm not going to shout at him. I'm just going to breathe a bit more deeply, get my composure back, my presence back, bring back my positivity. I just gave him some of my time. And he said, John, it's transformed the way I relate to my children. And it's Mm. absolutely true. So this is, for me, what's so amazing about, about this way of living life and stepping into 
more depth in what we do and make it much more of an art because it doesn't affect just the business. It's our families, it's our relationships, it's our whole quality of life becomes impacted and those around us. And it starts to have a beautiful ripple effect. You know, be the change in the world that you want to see, basically, you know? And we do it in the simplest moment-by-moment situations. It's not some grandiose thing you have to do in life. It's the simple things we do day-to-day. Wow. John, I'm giving you an air applause. I hope you guys are, too. That's such an awesome thing, because when we talk about enhancing leadership and work-life harmony, it's not only for us. And sometimes we climb that mountain for us. But because when you enhance as a leader, it ripples onto everyone else, and then it comes back onto you. It leaked onto his kids. He was present of mine. He thought of you at home. He thought of you at home. And then his kids don't know to thank you for that, but they got it. His yeah. wife or his partner, they get it. And then he, get, in turn, gets to go back to work more happy and fulfilled, no matter what's going on at work. He goes back better. And then that cycle just repeats. So hats off to you and what you're doing for the world. I hope you guys today enjoy listening to John. And I hope even more, because here's the thing, listeners. Something in here resonated with you. Something in here resonated. So you've learned something new. And when we learn something new without doing that something new, it will lead to nothing new. So my question for you guys listening is, what homework are you going to give yourself? Based off of something that you heard here today, what homework are you going to give yourself? And you're going to start now. This is the You Evolving Now podcast. Not you evolving on Monday when you're motivated or Q1 or January 1st. Now. So, John, how can people get in contact with you to find out more about Always Choose and to find out how they can best connect with you and these nuggets that you're giving? Thank you for that invitation. You can find me really easily. I'm on alwayschoose.com. You'll find the the company details there. you find my details there. You can email me at inquiries at alwayschoose.com. Very simple. Drop me a line. Drop me a question. Happy to have a chat and see what could work for you. I love how simple that is. And I love the name, John, alwayschoose.com. If you're listening right now in the car, I'll say it one more time, alwayschoose.com. And it will be in the link as well. Please feel free to click it and connect. And thank you guys for your time and enjoy your evolution. I hope today's podcast resonated with you, allowing you to enhance your leadership and work-life harmony. If you like this, you're going to love everything at youevolvingnow.com. That's Y-O-U, evolvingnow.com. I look forward to being of value and of impact to your organization, to your leaders, your employees, your teams, and you. Enjoy your evolution.